Hey everybody, um, I'm having horrible flashbacks to last February in Texas. I don't know if, how many of you were aware of the massive infrastructure and power grid failure that we had last February? To add insult to injury, my son decided to be born right when that storm came in. Um, so as all this is happening, I'm just, oh, it's great. We were, leaving, we were leaving the hospital and the nurses were like, oh, they're shutting off the water, bye. And we're like, okay. Um, no idea what we were doing. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for having me. Um, I have very vivid memories from being in elementary school and middle school and having teachers say to me something to the effect of, uh, there's no such thing as bad questions. Uh, some of them were mine. I was easily embarrassed, and these teachers did well to sort of assuage my anxieties by saying, no, 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 ask, ask your questions. And I have sort of filed that away into great advice that I will always use that's not actually true. Because, of course, there are bad questions. <laughs> and questions can be bad for all different kinds of reasons. Sometimes questions are bad when they're given in bad faith. They're set as a trap to hurt people or get them into a particular position. Sometimes they're bad just because they don't quite understand the nature of the thing that they're asking about. And they're asking about something that is off topic or misses the point. Uh, and sometimes questions are bad just because they're ignorant. They don't have the right information. But what we're trying to preserve and what's important about there are no bad questions is not, in fact, to tell you that there are no bad questions, but in fact, to try and preserve curiosity. Because sometimes bad questions are all we have. We don't know what we don't know. We have to ask questions, so we might as well ask the ones that we got. And the only way we get to better questions is to start asking. One of the lovely and maddening things about Jesus in Scripture is that he tends to respond to people who ask him questions with more questions or worse stories. And I'm reminded of a particular moment of this in the Gospel of Luke when someone comes to him and says, Rabbi, teacher, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, what'd you learn in school? What's the law say? And Christ, uh, the man responds, well, you love your God with all your heart and strength, mind and soul, and you love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, great, go do that. And the man is not satisfied. It's not clear. Maybe he panics. The text says he tries to justify himself, clearly not getting the answer he wanted. And he says, okay, well, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Didn't know it at the time. Not a great question because Jesus launches into a story and we get the parable of the Good Samaritan. And after the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus takes the question and gives it back to the man. And he says, who was a neighbor to the man in the ditch. The story is not ambiguous. You know who the good guy is, and the man is forced to reply, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. And I think it's very easy to get caught up in the narrative because it's a beautiful story, and it's very easy to maybe get caught on the fact that Jesus kind of schools this dude. And we miss the fact that Jesus changes the question. It's pretty subtle and it's easy to miss. But because of this story, the question's different. 
The first question we get is, who is my neighbor? It's a question of who's in, who's out. Jesus, please give me a list of people that I need to love so that I can do this eternal life thing. Well, Jesus pretty much shatters that question almost immediately through this story because the man who's the hero of this story is a Samaritan, someone that people in his audience would have automatically assumed, I don't think this person's my neighbor. So the question's already invalid. The question already doesn't work. And when it's posed again, the question sounds more like, who was neighborly? So we go from, who is my neighbor? What does the list look like? To, what does it mean to be neighborly? It's a much better question. It's a much harder question. It doesn't give us clear-cut lines and kind of chews at us. It sits with us. What I think institutions like this and institutions like ours do best is not to impart upon you necessarily specific skills or giant bits of information you can memorize and regurgitate. We hope to teach you to ask better questions. And I think in the same way that Jesus forces us to ask better questions of ourselves and of God. And I think it's very easy to see your education, your career, as a series of events of things that you need to accomplish to get to the next thing. And what I want to leave you with and encourage you in is that your lives are exercises in exploring what it means to be human in light of a God who loves us. No matter what you do, whether it is ministry or engineering or accounting or what have you, the important questions around life have to do with the kind of person you are and the kind of God that you worship. And education at its best gives you tools and skills and information that help you to ask deeper and better questions. Because you could, and many have, write a book on the seven best ways to be a neighborly person publish it, and it would probably be pretty useful to a lot of people. But these kinds of questions are meant to dig into who we are, our heart and our soul. They're meant to change the way we view the world. And it's easy to want to instrumentalize them, to get the answers out of them, to try and dissect them without realizing that the goal of the question is not necessarily to find a concrete answer. The goal of the question is to change who you are. So as we leave with that, I encourage you to lean into harder questions. Ask your bad questions, please, because they get you to better ones. It can be uncomfortable, and it can take work and time. But I think when we talk about being in a relationship with God, it's going to feel a lot more like grappling with questions than it is like having concrete answers. Blessings to you. Thank you for having me.